0: what would it be? We
1: are all terrified of change and we have internal parts of us that are trying to keep us safe and they would way prefer it if we didn't risk our reputation
0: or our status or how people perceive us. And so we stay small. Today, you're in for a very different conversation, one that might challenge your thinking a little, which I always love, as I'm sitting down with the lovely Nellie Vandersmissen who is the founder of Wonder, a company that helps individuals and organizations meet their magic. Now, I know you're wondering what that is, and you are about to find out. Nellie's diverse career path, combined with her master's in cultural science, has taken her across the globe, working with corporates and not-for-profits, and experiencing different cultures along the way. In 2017, Nellie co-founded We Can Be Shiros, a social enterprise that unites and emboldens women changemakers. Nellie has been awarded a UN Women Leadership Scholarship and in 2018, she joined Snapchat and built their council practice for APAC from the ground up, creating a world first program that contributes to an unparalleled company culture. In her work, Nellie draws on the wisdom of the natural world, group psychology, circle practice and academia, all with the purpose of creating brave, safe and fun spaces for connection, reflection and growth. Her dream is to help people meet their magic and fully shine their light on the world. Nellie is a really interesting human, and I cannot wait to see where this conversation takes us. Nellie, it is so cool to have you on the podcast. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. Welcome. Thank you, Michelle. I'm thrilled to be here. So let's kick in because I think your topic is going to be one that is going to really challenge some people. So I can't wait. If there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be?
1: It would be for people to remember their magic. It would be for people to feel really enchanted in the world and be able to create spaces for themselves to step into their magic and meet it.
0: So when magic comes up as a word, people, like I can imagine them thinking all these different connotations. So how do you define magic in this term, like in this kind of connotation, in this sense? Describe that for me.
1: For me, it means as people, we have the capacity to really perceive the world as magical. So that's one, and that's the more normal way, right? So we can go out and really cultivate our capacity to perceive the world as wonderful and magical. Albert Einstein said there's two ways you can look at the world either everything's a miracle or it isn't so when I help people find their magic then the first thing that I would invite them to do is to really lean into their capacity to perceive the beauty in the world and the magic in the world that is a perception piece so it would be what if you could see everything even the things that are hard or not as beautiful Even if you could find the gift in that or the beauty in that, that there's always something. That beauty doesn't always have to be pretty. That there's beauty in sadness too. So that's one piece is helping people reconnect, reenchant. actually. I call that the inner magician that we
0: all have. Oh, okay. I like that. So it's almost like a gratefulness, would you say? Is that sort of another sort of term? You're grateful for the world and everything around you, but it's deeper than that, isn't it?
1: It is deeper than that. I think we have four steps to magic, so we can talk about that. But one of them, the first one is to really, really lean into your feeling function and to cultivate your capacity for appreciation and perception of beauty and perception of magic, because the world is magical. If you look at a flower or anything, anything in nature Or someone's moral beauty, like a person who is really living their talent or their genius and you get to be part of that energy. It is really enchanting. And to have appreciation for that and hone your skill to feel that in your body, to really amplify the gratitude or amplify the feeling function in your body is really powerful. So that's magic too. So there's a way to perceive the world as enchanting and that's magical. And then the second piece of it is what if you could contribute to creating more of that beauty? What if you in your life had the capacity, which we all have innate? what if you had the capacity to create spaces and time for the things that fill you up? And it's kind of like, you know, that Japanese concept, ikagai, where What you came here to do is the thing that you're good at but also that makes you feel good and what the world needs and what you can get paid for
0: In that intersection yeah
1: and so it's that it's how can you create more space and time to figure out what that is and to really lean into your own capacity to have more sacred time as i call it where you are feeling that enchantment and i'm saying that when we do that when we create intentional space for our inner magician, then actually the magic meets us. And that's where it gets a little bit where people are a bit like, what?
0: It's like (laughs) woo-woo. Yeah,
1: yeah, it gets woo-woo. But actually it's really embodied. So that's the funny part is that if you are in a space where you create an intentional space for something and you say, I want to do this, and you step into it with intention, so with your feeling function activated, and you believe that something is possible, it meets you. I find that to be true. So every time that I create an intention and an intentional space for something, the likelihood of that thing that I'm calling in meeting me is very high. And my friends would always be like, you have so many amazing stories. I'm like, yes, this is true. And I know how to create space for that. So that's the second piece, which yeah, for sure is a little bit more woo woo, but also really enchanting. And I always say, well, you can always try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work for you. But I'm pretty sure it will work for you.
0: I want to dig into that a bit more. But tell me about the third and fourth. You said there's four stages.
1: Oh, yeah, four facets. So the first one is the feeling function. So having one foot in appreciation and gratitude at all times and appreciating where you're currently at. And also being able to feel all your feelings. So that's another one. So really being in a space where you can allow the full spectrum of emotions and process your emotions. So the mastery of that is a practice you can hone over time throughout your life. And then the second one is strengthening your belief system. So really working on what do you believe to be true? What are the beliefs that you hold and which are the ones that limit you in your life? So if you are someone that believes in magic, the likelihood of it finding you is higher. And so we work with people too, in the programs that we run on like, what are the things that you believe are possible for you? Because most people have a ceiling of what they believe is possible for you. And of course that's convenient because it keeps you in this life that is safe for you. And then when you're living a safe life, things are less likely to go wrong for you. But you're also living potentially quite a safe, mediocre life. And that could be a choice or not. It could just be something that social conditioning has led you to, but a lot of people in my experience have a desire to live a really beautiful, expansive, magical life that they can look back on and say, oh, I really left a legacy or that meant something or I was somebody.
0: Sometimes people are scared, aren't they? They're just kind of frightened of what might be or might become or talking to mates. They're like, oh, you know, if this happened, I'm like, yeah, but how amazing would that make? Like if you lived a bigger life or you had these opportunities to go abroad and work or you got this big job in a company, like, how amazing would that be? And they're like, oh, but it kind of freaks me out and I don't want to think that big. And I'm like, actually, you know, you're playing small and you're holding yourself back. And the beautiful thing about when those kind of magical moments or those incredible opportunities happen is you can always choose to not take them or not do them as well. But you have a choice and you've proven to yourself that you can do stuff. So I really challenge my mates to go, go for it, go hard, go big, go as massive as you can't even think, like go bigger than you can even imagine. Okay, so we're up to two. What's the third one?
1: The third one is visioning and imagination. So really honing your skill to dream big. Most people, they have a ceiling of what they think is possible. And so they're like, I would like a bigger car. And we're like, no, no, but what if you could really, what's your, really your biggest longing in the world? What do you really want? And a lot of people you'll find, they don't know what they really want. And so they have an image of something that is like a car or a house or something you can consume, which we know doesn't make us happy, really. So the third one is being able to dream and imagine and have vision of what it is that you want and what you came here to do. Once you know what you want and you can give it clear intent and you can create time and space for it, then of course, it's easier for it to meet you.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. And again, people are like, oh, this is a load of bullshit. And yet I'm with you. It's funny because I'm in an interesting transition time for myself at the moment. And I've been thinking about a lot of things and trying to work out which way to go next with a couple of big projects. And every day I'm feeling a little bit not as grounded as I normally am. And so when I think about that in depth, it's really because I'm not sure. I'm not sure which way to go or what to do. And So your point about the universe helps you or it will be there when you need it, just jump. Most people I know don't know what they want. They're like, oh, this is a load of bullshit. I'm like, well, have you tried it? Have you asked? And they're like, well, I don't know what to ask for. I'm like, well, that's what you need to get clear about. What do you really want in life? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want your life to look like? And I don't think enough people do the work around that would be my observation.
1: Yeah. And again, that's safe, right? It's safer for you not to do that work because then you don't have to change because we are all terrified of change and we have internal parts of us, younger parts of us that are trying to keep us safe and they would way prefer it if we didn't risk our reputation or our status or how people perceive us and so we stay small when actually we have a deep desire to do big, expensive things in the world. We, I believe we all do have that. And so having the courage to even dream about what that may look like is really powerful.
0: Yeah, amazing. are so many questions coming up, but I keep interrupting you. So what's number four?
1: <laughs> number four is clear intent. We keep saying this is very woo-woo, but it actually really isn't. Clear intent means that once you know what your dream is and you get really clear on what you want, then you can step into it and you can say, I today choose this, I'm going to create a space so that this may happen. And when you reinforce it, two things happen. The first thing is that you actually program your brain to notice those things that are helpful in order to manifest that thing. And that's a really practical embodied you know, thing that we all have the capacity to do. So our brain has this system called the reticular activating system, which in essence is the filter of every sensory input that we get throughout the day. And we get thousands. We are never able to really receive all of them in a conscious way. So we're constantly filtering. And the way that we program this system is by telling it what we want it to filter for us. This is why you see red cars everywhere. Once you start thinking about it, it's because your reticular activating system is like, oh, I heard red car and now I see it everywhere or when you learn a new word, then suddenly you see it everywhere, you hear it everywhere. That's just because your brain has put a pin in it. So this clear intent piece is you're programming your brain to notice the things that you're calling in or you want more of. So it filters it. So that's not woo-woo, that's just biology. And then the second piece though, is that there are forces in the universe that are trying to conspire with us and universal law. And let's not go into all of that, but Once you are really clear on what you want and you can create a space to step into and say, this is what I'm calling in, it's like things move around you to meet you. And I can give you a hundred examples of how things have worked out for me in miraculous way that I simply cannot explain and the odds of them happening are impossible or close to impossible because I've gotten really clear on what I wanted. And then I meet the right person or something just magically opens up for me in that space.
0: Can you give us one one example, like a real kind of practical one for people to have an idea of that sort of stuff? Because. I've got a great example as well. I completely agree with all this. And I didn't know where our conversation was going to go, Nellie, here, but this is how I live every day. I don't call it magic, but I love the premise and the way you use this and the way you do. So I love it. But give me an example of one of your best ones that you've found or most impactful maybe on your life where this has happened for you.
1: I can tell you of a really recent one. I'm in Melbourne at the moment, which is not where I live. I live in the Blue Mountains normally. But I was in Byron Bay for two months over Christmas and wanted to be in Melbourne for a few reasons, but I didn't have a plan for that. And I was like, oh, I'm being called to be in Melbourne. I had a few meetings here, people I wanted to hang out with. And I wasn't sure how I was going to organize that because logistically, if I was to organize it in the rational way, I would have made a list and be like, how can I rent my house out in the Blue Mountains while I'm away? How do I find a place to live? How much does that cost? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I was in Byron one day and I parked my car. I looked at the wall and it said Mothership Connection and it had a graffiti of a UFO. And I was like, wow, it's funny. That's magical because I have a friend in Melbourne who lives in a house that is called the Mothership. (laughs) And I thought of him. I wanted to call him, but he called me the next day. And we chatted and he said, oh, I'm going to Mexico for a month. I'm leaving next week. And I was like, wow, who's going to stay in your house? And he said, you are.
0: Did he know that you wanted to come to Melbourne? No,
1: no, he didn't know. So I had a free place to stay in Melbourne, which kind of magically happened just because I set, in my opinion, you know, I set the intention that I wanted to spend time in Melbourne and just hadn't done all the practical steps. And then later that day, the same friend called me and said, you'll never believe this. But I have a friend from high school I haven't spoken to in years. And he called me today and he told me he wants to move to the Blue Mountains and he needs a place to stay for a month. Is your house free? And I said, it is. No really know it is
0: because I'm going to be in your house. <laughs> so then he could pay the rent.
1: Yeah, paid my rent in my house. And I got to stay in a beautiful, gorgeous house in Melbourne for a month. And that's how I ended up here. So I didn't do anything.
0: Well, you did a lot, right? You know, really, you um, were clear about what you wanted and you set your intent and you thought about that. And so if we dig into this then a little bit more, because you teach people how to do this, don't you? So how do you teach someone to be more conscious about stuff? Is it literally, as you say, like a goal setting? Do you have to write it down? Do you have to be explicit? Do you have to think about it a lot? Do you have to meditate on it? <laughs> like, What are the steps for the magic to, to happen around you?
1: So the good news is that it's really easy because like we said in the beginning, it's a process of remembering. You're not learning a new skill. We all have this capacity in us. It just means that in the last few hundred years, it's been something that's not been celebrated or taught in our culture. In indigenous cultures, for example, it's very much still alive. So it's just a window of knowing, I call it, that is not currently celebrated or taught in our Western culture. So we're just remembering we have access to it. And once we start accessing it, it's really easy. So we definitely do invitations for you to meet the magic in the way of perception. So I have this one really fun program called 21 Days of Wonder, where every day you get an invitation to go stock wonder so that's really honing that feeling capacity in your body of perceiving it so every day you get to go do something that will Beautiful. cultivate wonder for you that's one
0: we mm, love
1: that and then the other piece the meet your magic course that we have is a 4 week program where every week we go through one of the four facets of of meeting your magic and you get you get meditations you get journaling prompts You get opportunities to set intentional spaces. So we lean into things like how do you create a ritual space? Why is that potent? How can you get clear on what your vision is? So we do imagination journeys to help people reconnect to their capacity to imagine and vision and dream big. So basically, we hold your hand through it for four weeks. Like how to reconnect to your inner magician? Is it an online
0: course or is it in person or? This is an online course. Yeah. Amazing. So anyone can do it all around the world. And so how did you get into this? Because you worked at Snapchat and you did some really interesting work, you know, around kind of creating cultures and things. But what's your background, Nellie? This is fascinating for me. Or is it literally that you fell into it and found, you know, it was, as you say, remembering that and working so well for you, you're like, actually, I need to tell more people about this and teach more people about it.
1: A combination of both, I think. I have always been interested in this topic and I always had a feeling that for me, life was more magical than for other people. So from when I was a kid, I had an experience of being able to see beauty more than other people and being able to appreciate it and also creating magic. I remember lighting candles for things and, you know, I was born in a Catholic family. So we did a lot of little rituals and candles. And like, I was always really intrigued by that and believed that our will had an impact on how the world responds to it. So that's always been something I've been interested in and explored. And the way that my current career started changing was I went to a retreat eight or nine years ago in Montana, which was a completely coincidental way that I ended up there, but it changed my life. It was the first time that I sat in circle or in council with women, with 33 women. And that experience was my life before that experience and my life after that experience. I'd never experienced circle practice where people come and share stories and they're authentic and they speak from the heart. And it just made me realize how much I had not done that in my life, how much I had not spoken my truth, how much I had not been honest, how many parts of myself i had been hiding. And just feeling so safe to show up in that capacity. So I decided after that, that I wanted to learn how to hold spaces like that for people. So I went on this whole journey of learning to become a group facilitator, learning how to create intentional spaces for people to have these magical moments where they slow down and they connect. And I did that. So I went on a whole educational journey with that of getting mentors and learning from different traditions. Was doing that for myself. So creating particularly women's spaces where people can come and share and be together and experience connection and sisterhood. And then almost five years ago, Snapchat contacted me and said, do you want to come do that for us? And I couldn't believe it. I thought, what do you mean? Do you want to have circle spaces in a corporate organization this was a long conversation i think i had seven calls with them before we even got to like what does that look like
0: how did they find you though did one of the managers or something see you online and thought this is interesting or
1: yes and i think one of my mentors was connected to someone in la that was connected to snapchat so it was a whole network Yeah, yeah cool so the program already existed in la it had started and then I helped built a program here in Asia pack and started it off from scratch. So it was setting up spaces and connection for people to be together in a way outside of work. So we created spaces for all the teams that however often they wanted, they could come together and sit in circle with each other and experience true connection. And it was so potent Because I'm convinced that it helped create a world-class culture where people could really see each other. And really, it's hard to not like someone when you know their story. So when you create a sacred space, like an intentional space, again, the intent of creating a sacred space for people to come together and show up as who they are, where they can all share, is that moment where you slow down and then everything speeds up after that.
0: I like that. It's hard to not like someone if you want to know their story. That's beautiful. So I want to wrap this up. It's such an awesome conversation. And we've already been talking for 25 minutes. (laughs) I could easily chat to you for hours. I've, as I said, I've done a lot of work in this sort of space. There's some great books to sort of read. And I mean, one is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. You know, that's a really interesting book from a person that's quite pragmatic about stuff and you know really brings that in from a creative aspect which I loved, which then set me on a course around my pottery and ceramics. Another one that comes to mind just listening to your talking in the way you describe it is obviously one of the biggest selling books in the world, which is The Secret, which really talks about that, you know, and everyone was like, again, what a load of bullshit, whatever. But I mean there was a reason why that has sold millions and millions of copies and the premise of it is really back to those stages of what you're talking about of being conscious of your surroundings being clear about what you want like mapping that out going out of after it noticing things so if there is someone listening and they're like well I've never really done this and I don't really know how to start if there's one thing that you could tell them to start this tomorrow or today what would that be Nelly just to leave them with that now
1: Oh, yes, 100%. It would be to really be present with their surroundings and perceive the world as if it were alive, starting with perception and just going out and pretending that you've never seen your life, like you've never seen your neighborhood, you've never seen your street, you're walking it as a child that is watching, seeing, perceiving things for the first time and like how magical that is. The other fun one is if you do a back to the future one, where you pretend that you come from the sixties and you've been planted here and you're experiencing life as it is, and you're like, what is this thing, the microwave? Oh my God. Because it's all about the feeling function in your body. If you feel excited or curious, then you kind of empower yourself. So that would be the first one. And the second one is to get clear on your intent or what you want. So I start the day every day by saying, I want the end result of this day to be this. And it takes me two minutes. And I'm like, I want to feel like my work was easy and fun. I want to have connection with my friend and be really present for it. And I set an intention. And then I check in at the end of the day. And it's so simple.
0: I love that. You've given so many great things Nellie for people to think about but also really challenging people's notion deep-seated which I really think like a lot of people go deep within you if you really dig in there and listen to your gut deep within your soul what you're saying is true we are destined for greater things for bigger things and what that looks like for people one it might be Becoming the Prime Minister of Australia. Another one, it may be running a local counseling session for their local community, which gives them a lot of, you know, beautiful impact and feel like they're making a beautiful impact on the world. So it's just so lovely to hear from you. Really gorgeous to meet you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I love your sharing of the magic of how you are spreading the word about this it's beautiful
1: thank you so much it's been such a privilege to be here so lovely
0: to meet you thanks valley well there you have it wasn't that an incredible conversation i hope you enjoyed it as much as i've enjoyed bringing it to you if you did like it can i ask a small favor